always like those gospel readings where at the end you say the gospel of the Lord. Very interesting. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Last week we heard a great sermon from Pastor Will Saunders on Matthew's version of the Beatitudes in the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. These Beatitudes mirror the gospel of Matthew as a whole. Here are the blessings, but that these blessings are set against what the world conceives and considers blessings. Blessed are the meek, blessed are the poor. Right after we heard this last week, those Beatitudes, Jesus continues with what he said in our gospel today that we just heard. And he says that we are salt and we are light. Well, what does that mean? Well, how many of you like your salt? Oh, come on. You know you do. How many of you just love the salt on potato chips? How many of you say, oh, look, there's some salt or there's some mashed potatoes. They need more salt. Yeah. How many of you like salt so much that you can't have salt anymore? <laughs> right, exactly right, right, right. Jesus says that we're the salt of the earth. Now, salt is a necessary ingredient for life. It helps the body to regulate itself. Without it, quite frankly, we would all die. It also seasons our food. It's also used as a preservative. In the ancient world, believe it or not, at different times, salt was actually worth more than gold. Funny thing about salt, you can't tell what it is until you use it. What if I were to tell you today that these two salt shakers, and one of them has salt, and one of them has sugar? Anybody want to bring me their potato chip and let me pour it out and see which one it is? Hmm. Salt or sugar. The funny thing about salt is that you just don't know what it is until you use it. You aren't able to determine which one it is. Salt in its shaker, in and of itself, is useless. It needs to be poured out and used in order to be helpful. In fact, it's only when it's poured out and used that we even learn that it's salt. Jesus says you are the salt of the earth. We have been sent to provide taste to a world that seems to be increasingly tasteless. How many of you have ever turned on the TV and said, I cannot watch this? I've watched ABC Family last night or, or a couple nights ago, and quite frankly, I didn't see anything family about it. We are called to be taste for a tasteless world. While we can be like sugar, and sugar has its place, kind and caring, compassionate, sweet, we, Jesus doesn't call us to be sugar. Jesus calls us to be salt. Meaning that we must be ready and willing to speak words in love, to move in action in ways that show people that the kingdom of God is near, in ways that the world may not always want to see and hear, but they are exactly what the world needs to see and hear. And what does our Old Testament scripture from Isaiah tell us? How do we be salt? We do things like feed the hungry, shelter the homeless, be there for those who are in pain and ailing. We love the outcast. That's salt. And neither salt nor light exist for themselves. They are only to fulfill their purpose when they are used, when they are poured out. Which leads me to light. Jesus says that we are light, too. So let's explore that for a minute. What does light do? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it 
Okay, so light shines. We love lights, don't we? How many of you like fireworks? Oh, come on. How many of you like it when your headlights work on your car? Yeah, all right. Or what about those LED thingamabobbers that work in our television so we can watch the Winter Olympics? You know, I love the Winter Olympics. The only thing I don't understand is, you know, they jump off these really big slopes, and someone somewhere had to be the first one to say, I think this is a good idea. How do they do that? You know, we love lights, and maybe we're looking forward to the, the nice candlelight glow of a Valentine's Day celebration coming up. Oh, we love lights. Lights are good, but they only fulfill their purpose when they're used. And they're poured out. Jesus, somehow, some way today, gives us a central insight that light doesn't magically cover itself up underneath bushels. In fact, the only way for our light to be covered, Jesus says, is if we put a bushel over it. We can hear almost his incredulous tone when Jesus says in verse 15, No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel. Ridiculous. It's like your mother saying, don't turn on the light and leave it on when you leave the room. Ridiculous. But as light shines, it doesn't just banish the darkness and illumine the corners and crevices. Light also works to give us new perspectives, to see things in a different way, to put our experiences and our perceptions into a new light. To be the light that Jesus challenges his disciples to be means to continually put a new light, a new perspective on the world. To willingly change up our game plans, our paradigms that we're so used to living every single day. We are to be shining with the new light of Christ. Well, what does that mean? Well, here's a new light moment in a story form. There once was a business executive who was working late one night. He was tired, he was hungry, and well, quite frankly, he was a little cranky. And he thinks that, I'm just going to go home on the train. I'll catch up on some sleep on the train. Two stops into his journey, a father comes on with two small children onto his train car. The children proceed to run up and down the aisle, making a lot of noise and, quite frankly, disturbing everyone. No sleep is possible. This businessman does what probably many of us would do at first. We sit silently and we fume. And we give that look that our teachers gave us in school. Then the anger begins to build and build and build. And he becomes so irritated at the father for not controlling these children that he actually gets out of his seat, goes over to the father and starts yelling at him. You really should teach your children better manners. Besides, it's not just a matter of behaving badly. It's not safe while the train is moving for them to be running up and down the aisles. The father took the criticism. He took the criticism in stride, and he replied sheepishly, I'm sorry. You're right. They should, I should be insisting that they behave better, especially in public. But we've just come from the hospital where their mother just died suddenly. And the children seem to be in a state of shock. And quite frankly, I don't even know how to react. So on top of all things, I don't really know what to do right now, but you're right, sir. I am very sorry. 
Thank you for waking me up to my responsibility. In one moment, such as life, how life changes in a moment, in one moment of the utterance from that father to the businessman, the businessman shifted from being angry and annoyed to sympathetic and helpful. He made a paradigm shift in his perspective. He saw the immediate reality in a new light. That's what Christ calls us to do. To see people not in the light of the world, but in the light of him. Suddenly that very weary commuter train traveler was seeing someone the way Jesus sees everyone. Not just as a focused beam of momentary interaction, but as the whole person, the whole spectrum of good to bad that makes up all of our lives. The light Jesus calls his disciples to shine out into the world equally illuminates sin and suffering. It is a light that knows judgment yet offers love, compassion, reconciliation. It is a light that sees deserved condemnation, yet extends divine comfort. It is a light that shines to the death on a cross and also to an empty tomb. The Reverend David Stone, who is a pastor of a huge church in Kentucky, said something this past week that really caught my ear and my heart, and I really hope you hear it well. He said this, Satan knows your name, but calls you by your sin. Jesus knows your sin, but calls you by your name. Satan knows your name, but calls you by your sin. Jesus knows your sin and calls you by your name. Hear God's word from Psalm 103, verses 8 through 13. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always accuse, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removes our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. And then hear the word of God that is so beloved by me, because it means so much to me, and I hope it will mean a lot to you. Isaiah 43 where God says, do not fear, I have redeemed you, I have called you by name, you are mine. And let that sink in, the name above all names, the creator of heaven and earth knows your name. And not only knows your name, it's the same name that was spoken at that baptismal font, and that name that was spoken, your name, is now on God's family record. You are forever your name, child of the living God. And as a child, we are called to share God's light with the world and to see the world through God's light. And in the light of God, this is what Jesus calls us to do, to see other people as he sees them, to give that new Jesus light perspective. We direct our thoughts and our tasks, our compassion and our love to individuals with names, 
not just groups of stereotypes and prejudices. The light that Jesus gave his disciples enables us to be my favorite thing growing up when I was growing up, and maybe you had one too, glow worms. Anybody have a glow worm when you were growing up? Those things were awesome when they worked. Um, Jesus calls us to be light in the world. And Jesus' light makes us a beacon lighthouse to share that light, but also to be there and to see others in the new perspective. The word in Greek for repent is manatonoa, which means words like I'm sorry, forgive me, to literally turn around. But repent can also mean, according to the Bible, a change of mind in your perspective, a whole new way of looking at the world. To repent enables us to look at the world in the way Jesus calls us to. And this means three things as I end our time together. This means three things as we look in Jesus' light. Number one, Jesus' light helps us to see people as they really are. My favorite book outside of the Bible, of course, is John Ortberg's Everybody's Normal Until You Get to Know Them. Let that sink in. Everybody's Normal Until You Get to Know Them. Great book. And if we all knew what each other was going through, wouldn't we see them in a whole new light? Number two, Jesus' light helps us to see ourselves in terms of what we could be. Jesus' lights and insights puts a new light on old perspectives, but it also banishes the old shadows and blackened corners in our lives. The light of Jesus shows us what we could be, what we can be, what God is calling us to be. And number three, Jesus' light offers us a whole new perspective to see people as he sees them. Jesus didn't see people who had just fallen short, but people who needed help crossing the finish line. Jesus met people where they were with the good news that the kingdom of God has come near. We are the hands and feet. We are what brings the kingdom of God near, doing God's work with our hands. Disciples of Christ don't see others from a distance and point but rather we all are invited to go to the foot of the cross, meet there, and it is there when we recognize our sin and our great need for a Savior that we use those fingers that were once pointing at each other to point to the empty tomb where divine love and relationship is made possible because of God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ's life, death, and resurrection. And we are called to live in the light of that Easter resurrection dawn. So as we celebrate Holy Communion in just a couple moments, I will say the familiar words from Psalm 34, taste and see that the Lord is good. Jesus calls us to be salt and light. So my brothers and sisters in Christ, let others taste your saltiness this week, for you are salt. And let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And if anyone asks, your Savior and your pastor both said this week to live, be tasty, and lit up for Christ. Amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.